0: So I called the number and none other than Glassman answers the phone. It actually rang into the gym. I said, hey, can I come work out? He's like, yeah, be here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. The self-mastery has to come first because that mastery, that discipline, that practice allows us to ultimately be a better service.
1: Hey folks, Mark Divine back with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. We do not take it for granted. We know you have a busy schedule, so it's super cool that you are able to tune in and listen and learn and grow. Uh, before I introduce our guest today, let me remind you that if you give us a five-star rating on iTunes, <laughs> it really helps other people find you, and eventually we're going to be rated up there with Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss, <laughs> which is one of my goals. Actually, it's not really, but it's kind of fun to say that. <laughs> Anyways, Greg Amundsen is my guest today. Greg, thanks so much, man. You are awesome. I love you, brother. Thank you. I love you, brother, Uh, too. Yeah, Greg has become a really good friend of mine. And gosh, you know, like it's hard to even say enough good things about this (laughs) (laughs) guy. Okay, so he's uh, an author. He's written three different books. And we're going to talk about one of them in detail today. Greg is considered the original fire breather from the CrossFit community and Mm -hmm. helping kind of like marshal in, I mean, a lot of what I experienced with CrossFit in my early days, Greg was there every step of the way. I think you were at every, many of the certs that I attended, Mm -hmm. I think I've been to like 10 different certs. (laughs) You were at my first certification in Colorado. Yeah, just amazing experience and um, kind of a grounding rod for all of us in the CrossFit community. Greg is a martial artist, Uh, he runs a Krav Maga studio, so we have that connection as warriors. He's a military guy, having served in the army. He's a law enforcement guy, having served in the DEA and the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, whew. people <laughs> say that I've done a lot, and I look at Greg, I'm like, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> so welcome. Thanks for joining me today. And I was laughing earlier. I was like, I can't believe we haven't done a podcast. Like, <laughs> I've known you since 2007, yeah. and we haven't done a podcast. Anyways, welcome. Thanks for coming down here. Thank We're you. actually doing this in person at SEALFIT headquarters. So if you actually wanna see Greg and I talk, then go join SealFit Online. Otherwise, enjoy the podcast <laughs> yeah. from the comfort of your car. <laughs> yeah. So Greg, uh, welcome down here, man. You've been making a lot of trips down here lately. I have. Yeah. This is my home away from home. Yeah, so <laughs> it seems like you've been on the road a lot. I have. Okay, so what's going on in your life right now? Well, I wanna get back to the beginning of you know, who yeah. Greg is, but just give us an update. Like What's going on in your life right now? Where, where are you focused?
0: Right now I'm focusing on teaching. Ministry and getting the message out on the integrated methodology of my teaching.
1: Nice, I like that word. It sounds familiar. Integration.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the only way. That's the only way we have to integrate.
1: Okay, let's go. I met you back in two thousand seven, and like I said, at the Colorado Police Academy or something. Correct, Colorado State Patrol. Colorado State Patrol, which where where Coach was there running a CrossFit cert. Yeah. And that was back in the early days where Coach Glassman would go to all the certs. Yes, right, which is kind of like me going to all my SealFit events. Exactly. Eventually, it's not going to be able to. It's not sustainable. A sustainable (laughs) model. But there you were, and God, you were. You had a shaved head then. Yep. And you were a little
0: bit puffier. Yeah. But probably you you look fitter now. I think I'm fitter holistically Holistic, now. Yeah. I was focusing on my strengths at that time. Right. Which was essentially thrusters and pull-ups. Thrusters and pull-ups. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And in fact, I recall
1: that workout. It was Yes. 15-minute AMRAP, 10 thrusters, 10 pull-ups, yes. as many rounds as possible. Yes. And I was, they had those pull-up bars that were close to the wall. Exactly. And Glassman says, it's okay to use your feet, Divine. <laughs> yeah.
0: That was an embarrassing moment. Yeah, I was well, like, okay.
1: <laughs> oh I God. think
0: in the early days, it was all about trial by fire Absolutely. and it was all about, let's do CrossFit and then explain what just happened. Yeah, figure out what happened. Later. Yeah, yeah, but let's do it first. So when you, you, you met Glassman at
1: CrossFit Santa Cruz, which was number one, yeah. it wasn't an affiliate, it was his. It gym. wasn't
0: even CrossFit Santa Cruz, it was CrossFit. Oh, no kidding, it was just CrossFit. <laughs> just CrossFit. Oh, how cool. It didn't yeah. become CrossFit Santa Cruz until there were other CrossFit affiliates. And then you changed. And then Glassman's it. like, well, I guess we better designate that this is, in fact, an affiliate. And it became CrossFit Santa Cruz.
1: Okay. Affiliate zero. Affiliate zero. Yeah, that's cool. Or
0: HQ. It was called HQ, HQ for many years. Right, right, I remember that. Yeah. So you just, like, stumbled in there? How, how did well, you get in there? Well, I was about a week out of the academy, police academy. Police academy, okay. And at that time, the academy was old school training where it was long, slow distance running a couple days a week and bodybuilding movements the other right. days. Yeah. And our instructors somehow convinced me that that's what it took to be a warrior and have warrior fitness was that type of training mm-hmm. and I bought into it. And I certainly looked fit, but then I got my ass handed to me within five days of being on my own as a new cop. Really? Yeah. I mean, in the field. In the field. Paroli took me out. and. There was a sensation of breathing through a straw mm. and heart beating out of my chest and no amount of willpower could get my body to apply force. No kidding. I was yes. lifeless. And I realized that I never had that feeling before. I'd never felt that way, like I was fighting for my life. Mm-hmm. So I just started to try to recreate that feeling in my own training. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about this crazy gym in a little garage in a small, remote part of Santa Cruz, and they were doing, according to the source, crazy workouts, they'll kill you, the coach is out of his mind. <laughs> you know, it was, it was circulating through the jiu-jitsu community, right. which I was practicing. And I thought, well, that sounds about what I right, need. What you need yeah. And at that time, the phone number was in the phone book. Mm. And it was four six four two five two zero.
1: I mean, no that's kidding. the impact it had on me.
0: <laughs> so I called the number, and none other than Glassman answers the phone. It actually rang into the gym.
1: No kidding. Yeah. He was in there. He was in the gym,
0: game. and he was training someone, answered the phone. And I said, Hey, can I come work out? He's like, Yeah, be here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Cool. So I rolled in the next morning, and it was just that first workout. Do you remember the first workout? Walk- I do, absolutely. And not only do I remember the workout, I remember it was as if it happened yesterday. I mean, the detail was so clear because it's one of those directional mm-hmm. changes in my life right, where right. that day my life changed mm-hmm. in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. I walked in the gym and there was two people in Jim Glassman and then sitting on a pair of parallel bars was a guy named Mike Weaver. Mm. Mike Weaver at the time was a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He was one of the first Americans to win a jiu-jitsu competition in Brazil as a black belt. Nice. And legend has it that following that he was escorted out of the country. Because Brazilians wanted to kill this guy. I mean, that's their sport, and he dominated. And one of his dominating factors was CrossFit. Hmm. And he used to say, if you're doing Jiu-Jitsu and doing CrossFit, and your opponent is only doing Jiu-Jitsu, you're cheating. You just can't beat the guy that's doing both.
1: Interesting. Yeah, he had
0: cauliflower face. You know, I mean, the guy was just fierce. And what Glassman said was interesting. He said, "You're going to work out against this guy." Right. And that was the first time I'd... Competition. What does that mean? How do you go against someone? And the workout was a thousand meter row, 21 kettlebell swings with a 35 pound kettlebell, 12 pull-ups. That's it? That's it. And that was my reaction during the brief. (laughs) I'm like, that's it? (laughs) I thought this was going to be hardcore. And another thing Glassman said, really funny, he's like, hey kid, after you row, be careful walking down the stairs because the rower was on the second story. And there's the handrail and stairs. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. Careful walking downstairs. And my, my ego stirred and I'm like, I should tell this guy I'm a cop. You know, I should tell this guy I played water polo and let him know what a fierce athlete I am. (laughs) Didn't make a difference. You know, a couple hundred meters into the row. I'm just, I'm gassed. And what's so interesting. You've never rode before. Never rode. Never seen a rower. Never seen a kettlebell. Okay. So all new to me. Never seen that type of gym. You know, I'm used to gyms at that time in my life with mirrors with cable crossover contraptions. Mm-hmm. And it was none of that, you know? Well, it was pristine. Mm-hmm. That was my first, my first observation was, whoa, this place is like clean. Mm-hmm. And then the, the energy itself was like business. Mm-hmm. This was training. And there was a rope, there were rings, there were the parallel bars, kettlebells, never seen those. Mm-hmm. Bumper plates, never seen those. So it was like a real gym. Cool. Honest to goodness, This is where warriors train where work happens. Yeah, Yeah, work happens here and I was privy to that work and and that first workout Annihilated me even a 35 pound kettlebell, Mm. which is now that's CrossFit teenage weight in Mm -hmm. competitions. Mm. It took me three sets to get through how many were they again? Three, 21 swings. Three, three sets? Three sets. 21. three sets. I was just, I was after the row. And speaking of the row, I come off the rower and Glassman's yelling, handrail, handrail. And I, I had both hands on the handrail. I <laughs> mean, the row just, just, that alone would have been the workout. Right. That would have been plenty. But when I went through the whole session and then just crumbled on the floor, it, it hit me that what I just experienced systemically. That's what I felt on the street. Right, yeah. It felt like for you know ten or twelve minutes, however long that took, I was fighting for my life.
1: Right, fantastic. Yeah,
0: and I never looked back. I, I you know I looked at Glassman. I'm like, where where do I sign up? How do I how do I start? And I never <laughs> I never looked back. You know I de- if I wasn't on the job, I was at that gym with Coach Glassman. Right, and I followed him everywhere around the country. I mean that's how I met you. Right, I literally would pack my bag on days off and wherever he was. I wanted to learn. So you were him. part of the
1: early seminar staff before they had a seminar staff? Correct. And so you just helped him. Did, did
0: you get paid to do that? Or no.
1: You just kind of helped yeah, I didn't get and paid them.
0: for the first, um, as long as I was in the profession of law enforcement, I yeah. never got paid because I couldn't have yeah. a secondary source of income. I see, yeah. So I actually paid my own way because I believed in this so much. I knew that if, if this program could save my life, it was just a matter of time before it saved the life of a brother or sister yeah. in law enforcement right, and military. Right, right. So my time was volunteered because I believe so much. Right. And to this day, you to teach this day CrossFit to the law enforcement, don't you? Correct. Yeah.
1: But now you get paid for that. Now now it's my livelihood. It's my right.
0: source of income, is, oh, is,
1: is okay. teaching and, and spreading this word. Right, right. So you went off and um, when you left there, you, I think you got, if I recall, you got hired by the DEA, which took you away from Santa Cruz. It did. Okay. Yeah, that and was down in into California, down in the Imperial Valley, right? Correct. And
0: you started CrossFit Amundsen. I did. Well, my wife did. I'll give you her okay. a lot of credit. My wife at the time, Mallie, was really the, the, the genius and the impetus behind okay. that. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then when you left law enforcement, so any well, back to that, any big lessons from that period of your life in the DEA and?
0: Yeah, you know, I think uh, what first CrossFit Amundsen. Yeah, what I what I learned from from my experience in law enforcement and, and DEA was that well I mean there were many many lessons learned I think one of the big ones came to me tragically and that is in the death of my mom mm-hmm. because for the duration of my career I knew what I loved to do and what I loved to do was what I do now mm-hmm. I love to teach I love to minister I love to spread the word about the positive effect in our life that these practices hold mm-hmm. And I always thought, this is what I'll do when I retire. Mm -hmm. This is my exit strategy when I retire after 20 years in the military and law enforcement. And I always thought I had time. Mm -hmm. And then my mom passed away and it woke me up. And it made me realize that time is an illusion. And if this is what I feel that God is calling me to do, then I have a right and a duty to do it now. Mm -hmm. And within just a few weeks of my mom's passing, I had Completely changed. That's cool. My life.
1: I'd... <laughs> yeah, we would call that in the parlance of unbelief, mind your wake up moment. My wake up moment. Yeah. And then you woke up to your why. Exactly. The why that is your deeper why. Yeah. And then you took action on it, which is cool. And yeah. You did because not not a lot of people have the courage to take action. that
0: yeah. Quickly. What well, took? It was actually a, uh, what I would consider a divine intervention. There was a photograph that I'd never seen of my mom. Because my mom, my mom and dad now had passed away at this time mm-hmm. in my life. There was a photograph of my mom and dad that I'd never seen before. And they're standing side by side. They've got a big smile on their face. This photograph is now in all my books. Okay. It had that much impact on me. And I was going back and forth. I'd I'd wake up in the morning and I'd, I'd, I'd had my resignation letter written for both Mm -hmm. the military and DEA.
1: Right.
0: I had that written for, for about a month. And I would, I would go to work and I'm like, today's the day. I'm going to turn in this letter and turn in my gear and I'm going to, I'm going to change my life. And I never had the courage to do it. I would always, trip up. And then one day I came home for lunch and I I'd had the intention of that morning resigning, didn't make it, mm-hmm. came home for lunch. And during lunch, UPS knocks on my door and they give me a package. I open the package. It's from a family friend named Jane Cook in Stockton. It's a framed photograph of my mom and dad, this photograph that I'm alluding to in my book. Mm-hmm. And i have never seen it before. And I opened the package and there they are looking at me and the look on their face, and the, the, the way that the, the, the image just transferred a message to me and it basically said, Go for it. We support you, the universe supports you, God supports you, you got this. <laughs> and I didn't eat lunch. I just got back in the car, drove to the office, and said to my supervisor, Sir, I just I can't keep doing this. I've got to follow my heart. And he's like, I knew it. I knew you're doing the right thing. You know, go oh, go cool. out there and make it happen. Oh cool. Yeah.
1: All right. So wow, that's that's a neat story. Yeah. So your your parents, um
0: Guided you. They it's guided like, me. From the grave. How yeah. Is that? Yeah, and I really believe that. And I feel like they're still, you know, guiding me and supporting yeah. me to this very moment.
1: Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. I like that. That's a nice image. Did you go back to Santa Cruz at that point? Or I just did. Or focus on... I, uh, yeah, I
0: felt, I felt so compelled to be back in Santa Cruz. There was right. something energetically about being close to the ocean. My, my, my younger brothers hmm. were in that area as well. And I, I was the oldest of three. And once my parents passed away, I felt... That i had to become the head of the family Mm -hmm. keep our family together Mm -hmm. continue some of my my parents life work Mm -hmm. uh, was left undone right and i felt i could continue to carry that torch and that legacy okay and what was that work well my dad was a chiropractor Uh yet towards the end of his life he was doing a lot of stress reduction and stress management Mm. he was teaching people essentially what we're teaching now this principle of integrating the mind, the body, and the spirit, and the effect that our mind and our words and our thoughts can Mm -hmm. have on our physical body and environment. Mm -hmm. And then my mom was in ministry. She passed away in, of all places, Ahmad Jordan. She was there in the Peace Corps. And so she was continuing her Mm -hmm. life purpose Mm -hmm. of spreading the gospel and doing good work for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I can continue in their, their giant footsteps. Right. So you launched CrossFit Amundsen
1: up in Santa Cruz,
0: I did. Okay. So the agreement that Mallie and I had was, once I left, and and we we went separate ways, the agreement was I would just take my name. <laughs> I, see, I, see. You get the I name. felt I owed. I, did she
1: keep the gym going. She did. Way? She okay. kept the
0: gym, and and it, it's now CrossFit Imperial Valley, Got it. Okay. which is an amazing gym. She's done an amazing job. I think yeah. it's one of the biggest gyms in the country. Really? Yeah. It's just amazing what she's done, and I I reopened in Santa Cruz CrossFit Amundsen.
1: Got it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so there you have, let's get into this concept of integration, which is
1: uh, obviously um, something that Unveiled Mind community knows a lot about because yes. it's integrated training. You have a, your CrossFit gym, mm-hmm. and you teach that in a somewhat in a integrated manner. Yes. But you also have your Krav Maga, and you have a yoga studio now, Savana, yes. right? And yes. So, and they're all within like 10 or 20 paces of each other. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You created this little ecosystem. Yeah. Of mind, body, spirit training using functional fitness and yoga and self defense, mm-hmm. and that's awesome because that's you know that's one of the things that I've been a proponent of for yeah. years. Yeah, is that those are all a one continuum of right. movement. you know, different ways to move. Yeah, and there's a little bit of east and west blending there, but the you know the functional fitness of like CrossFit provides a foundation, mm-hmm. right, for more uh, somatic and more advanced movement, more advanced awareness. Right? Exactly. the ultimate expression of that being two bodies or more bodies moving in exactly. the dance of combat, exactly. whether it's intentional or yeah. unintentional. Which well, I, I think that
0: the hierarchy would be the first step is we gain control over moving our body in right. space and time, which Correct. would be gymnastics. Right. Then comes control over an external object, which would be weightlifting. Right. Then the ultimate is can we control another human being that's moving in... Unpredictable ways. Exactly, yeah, and simultaneously, that human beings trying to impose their will and do the same on us. Right. So it's really yeah, a I, I agree. Brilliant, with that oh, that no, is I'm a kidding.
1: that is a brilliant hierarchy. <laughs> yeah.
0: And also that, that you could say
1: that the um the mental side kind of dovetails around that, right? Because, yeah. you know, you develop a foundation of confidence and competence with CrossFit in, mm-hmm. in developing control over your body and your mind. Yeah. And then, as you progress up to the, you know, controlling over the object, it requires a little bit more focus. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit scarier. There's a little bit higher risk. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the ego so is a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. In so check. you have to, exactly. <laughs> you have to develop more humility yes. and more confidence and competence. Yeah. Right. Which leads to more courage. And then, you know, we start to work with the spatial four dimensional space with, you know, someone coming at you with a hammer or something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. So, um, let's talk about your the second time. Or the first time that we really trained deeply together, mm-hmm. which was Kokoro Camp. Exactly. Like I had done some WADs with you, obviously the CrossFit certs mm-hmm. and, and stuff, and I don't know if I ever, I don't think I trained with you at your gym before two thousand twelve, but in two thousand twelve you were invited to come to the Kokoro Camp.
0: I think we it had was two thousand ten. Was it 2010? Yeah, it was Kokoro twelve. Kokoro twelve in two thousand twelve.
1: In two thousand ten. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Two thousand ten. Okay. So about seven years ago. And CrossFit Journal, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: with the backing of Rogue, was going to do like a video series on Mm -hmm. the Coral Camp, and and they were going to take some CrossFit notables through it. Yes. And then you were invited by Jimmy Letchford. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Tell us that story about how how that came about. Well, I'll tell it in a kind way, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, (coughs) My good friend Jimmy had invited me to come. And And he was the marketing director for CrossFit. Marketing director for CrossFit. And he was part of the team that was bringing the social media the crossFit journal bringing rogue the rogue athletes documenting this yeah, Crucible other athletes event. we had Miko Salo,
1: Tommy hack Tommy hack Rob Orlando. Orlando Robert Orlando amazing yeah, group. strong
0: man Chris uh, Cleaver yeah there are a few others yeah I mean just an incredible, incredible group of many of women amazing to have those people here at the same time the same place amazing then you had attended one of my very first CrossFit goal-setting seminars Correct. at Jimmy's gym.
1: That's right. And we right. also
0: had a discussion about Kokoro then. Right. So it was definitely something I was interested. In. Then when Jimmy asked me, I'm like, well, I'm all in. Jimmy's one of my best friends and he asked me to go with him. I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to mm-hmm. go. And what an experience. That was probably, think about those, those defining moments where, where our, our, our life takes a change. Right. Well, meeting Coach Glassman, That's one of those moments in my life that changed my life. Meeting you in that context Mm -hmm. was a life changer. Mm -hmm. My life was never the same following that experience at Kokoro. It was amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing. Because I think sometimes what we need more than the lesson is the environment and the context for the lesson to be understood.
1: Right, I agree. And that's what
0: that provided for me.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. A lot of times, Life's random lessons, which may not be as random as people think. Right, right, right. They don't provide that context exactly, and they don't provide anyone to help you interpret what's happening. Yes, and that's what we've set up with Kokoro. Yes, you know this challenge is going to be every bit as challenging as one of those other life challenges that inevitably might happen. Exactly. But here's a context. And a structure yeah. and some other people to share it with and some
0: expert yeah. coaches to help you digest it. You know, I've found that life has this funny way of continuing to provide us with the same lesson in increasing levels of volume, intensity, yeah. until we figure it until out. Until you get it. Right? Until you get, get it. And that's the amazing thing about an experience like Kokoro, is that you and your team provide these lessons and the student will continue to get the lesson until they learn it. Right. And it all happens in fifty hours. In fifty hours, right. Yeah.
1: And and oh, by the way, if you get the lesson at kokoro mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen. Exactly. Outside. Exactly. Because it's like you graduate, you move on to yep. the next lesson. Yep. Doesn't mean you won't have other lessons. Right. But whatever painful
0: lesson was, really, yeah. you know. And then I think what you gain though is is you gain the ability to look at these experiences in our life through the lens of a learning opportunity. Right. So it's not like this is happening to me, this is happening for me. Yeah, I love that. We develop that little sliver of space between what's happening, our thoughts, and then our reaction to it.
1: Right. Nice. I only publicly support companies and products that I personally use and have found valuable. So I wanted to tell you about Qualia. Now, I'm not a supplement geek. I don't find them useful if I'm fueling properly. But when it comes to my cognitive strength and brain health, I am excited about the emerging industry of nootropic supplements. I've been testing Qualia, designed by my friends at the NeuroHacker Collective, for several months now, and it's on the bleeding edge of nootropic research and has become the one supplement that I won't go without on a daily basis. Qualia stimulates what's called broad-spectrum cognitive enhancement, which involves optimizing multiple cognitive variables simultaneously rather than focusing on a single variable. For example, it brings me greater ability to focus and makes me feel more connected while not diminishing my overall awareness of the environment. I experience a systematic enhancement of my brain's ability to take in and process information without any stimulating effect, which would make me feel agitated like caffeine or depleted after the effect wears off. Now, for a busy entrepreneur and athlete like me, it's a no-brainer to invest in my brain health with Qualia. You can get on the Qualia bandwagon with me by visiting neurohacker.com, that's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com, and use the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R, that's UNBEATABLEMIND15R, to get 15% off the life of your order. Trust me on this one, you won't be disappointed with Qualia. So, Jimmy invited you. And then you found
0: yourself on your own. I found myself without Jimmy. <laughs> without Jimmy,
1: after about six or seven hours, God bless <laughs> you, Jimmy, yeah. i still waiting for you to come back. Yeah. And then, uh, so what were some of the major insights that you had at Kokoro Training and your, your experience?
0: Well, I think what came up for me was I had an opportunity, you provided me with a leadership opportunity very early on yeah. in the camp. Yeah. and. One of the lessons i learned up to that point in my life through the military, through law enforcement, is that the primary role of the leader is to care mm-hmm. for those under the leader's care. Mm-hmm. The leader has that responsibility. So there's this shift that takes place where when we bring our awareness off of ourselves, and as you say, we take the awareness off of our own pity party, mm-hmm. and we start to focus on other people, We think more about the care of others than about ourselves, that selfless service leadership model. Mm -hmm. Something phenomenal happens. We almost gain an additional source of strength. It's hard to explain. Yet what I found is that the more I cared about the success of others, the less I was concerned about the cold, the discomfort, not having eaten, the looming hours ahead of me, that was all insignificant, because all I knew was, I want to make sure that in Mm -hmm. the next 20 hours, Tommy's here, Mm -hmm. Rob's here, Kristen's here. And what's interesting is that as I focused on them, they were focusing on me. Mm -hmm. So it's this reciprocal relationship Mm -hmm. where we were able to work together, each of us caring for the other. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the real beautiful lessons of any relationship, is that when both people are intimately concerned about the care of the other, wow, amazing things are capable right. well, of happening. Right, right. Yeah, no, that, that speaks right to the
1: core of Unveiled Mind is, is self-mastery, Would you spend many years mastering your body, mind, yeah. and everything. But we deploy that yes. in service, mm-hmm. you know? so we have to bring our best game. That's why we're never done mastering ourselves, exactly. it's just a journey. Yeah. We do that, though, in service to our team and to the mission. And then that becomes a complete system. Mm-hmm. Because that then, like you just so eloquently said, that energy comes back to us. Exactly. And it comes back in a multiple. Yep. Yeah. Right? And so we end up being uplifted. Even though we're giving our energy to someone else, we gain mm-hmm. 10
0: times or 20 times yeah. that energy. And I think something came That's up... That's a
1: huge lesson for people in Kagoro. That's it probably is. the number
0: one. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was for me. Yeah. And it was in the after-action review, that was the theme is that everyone realized, wow, the moment I started to think about other people, yeah. my life improved a little bit. Right. The quality of the experience improved.
1: Right.
0: Something came up at the recent UM retreat that, w- that it was really wonderful. And you know, there's, there's this balance that we strike in the warrior culture. Self-mastery, mm-hmm. and the key is the word mastery. So it's not right. self-mastered. No. It's mastery. Which is there is such thing as self mastery? Yeah, yeah. there's a daily discipline and practice Mm -hmm. that we have to engage in, and that is in balance with service. Mm -hmm. Yet, what you said, I'm in complete agreement with. The self mastery has to come first, because that mastery, that discipline, that practice allows us to ultimately be of better service.
1: That's right. No, I, you know, that's exactly right, and that's why they're in that order in the Mm -hmm. Unbeheld Mind system, and and a lot of people miss that Mm -hmm. in our society. Mm -hmm. I think it's all about service. And even, you know, when it comes to like ministry, Mm -hmm. it won't go in, or like Peace Corps or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's many, many examples of this. Yeah. It's important and valuable to serve, Mm -hmm. but if you can't bring your whole self into that service, Mm -hmm. then it's either not going to be authentic or it's going to be weak or you just won't be able to serve boldly. Exactly. And one of the things that I, you know, I've been a little, I've just noticed, and I think it's changing. But mm-hmm. it's a big problem in our society. Is and I, philanthropy, you know, is a big part of our economy. Mm-hmm. And there's tax benefits, and you know, there's a lot of marketing power in it. Yeah. And you know, they <laughs> even have words for call it for you know social. Uh, I don't even know what the words are, but impact yeah. You know, marketing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All of that is not service, right? And so people mistake it yeah. for service. It's a different
0: intention more than likely. Yeah, life. the
1: intention is not, yes. is not pure. Yes. So, you know, it's okay to serve and be part of a you know, philanthropic organization or to support it, but just be clear. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about.
0: Exactly. You know, yeah.
1: if you're doing it for the tax write-off, it's not exactly. the same thing. Service is, um, it seems to me, a natural offshoot of mastery because the, the process of mastery evolves our consciousness. So first, right. you know, we go through three dominant stage or, or, or primary stages of development as mm. humans. First is egocentric. Mm. And, and there's a good percentage of our world population that is stuck in that stage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. And the second is ethnocentric.
0: Mm.
1: And ethnocentric is where you can take your eyes off yourself, but you're only able to put them on your family, your tribe, your football team, you know yes. what I'm saying? And then the third is world centric. Mm. Yeah. And so the warrior's path is to strive diligently mm. to get to world centric. Mm-hmm. And like I see this in the seals, you know, the younger seals are, are egocentric. And mm-hmm. then the more mature seals, the war fighters are, are ethnocentric. Yes. But the masters yeah. are world centric. Yes. And so they appreciate their enemy. They, they respect the, you know, the context of their culture yeah. and how they think, and they realize there's goodness in everyone. You know. Yes. And it goes back to, I don't know if you remember the story that I read or the poem I read from, and I'll shut up and get back and ask another question. I just went off on this riff. No, right it's beautiful. I love it. This um, Apache scout had, wrote a poem, and I wish I, I had it with me. Maybe next time I would do this podcast, I'll... So, I'll read it on air. Yeah. And it's called the Scout's Prayer. Mm. And what he's doing is asking forgiveness. Yes. From the Spirit that runs through all things. Yes. Because he has to go into battle now. Take up the lance. And he's the, yeah, and he says, I'm the last to pick up the lance. Exactly. But now, guide my hands, guide my heart, for I must pick up the lance. Yes. And help me have love for my enemy as I do for my
0: you read that training. during the kokoro yoga right oh, teacher, training. Training. teacher training. i love it
1: isn't that neat yeah and so the self-mastered warrior mm-hmm. is the last to pick up the weapon mm-hmm. the last one to fight mm-hmm. and will only do that if it's absolutely necessary that's world-centric right that's what we mean by world-centric warrior mm-hmm. and that comes from self-mastery which leads to service to all humanity right it doesn't mean you won't
0: fulfill your duty to protect and serve, yes. you
1: know serve your your people
0: yeah you know something that comes up for me around this idea is that what we realize along the path, sooner or later, is that there's a greater source of power than us. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> so the ego wants to think, I got this, right. I can fix this. <laughs> right. And we get to work using our worldly skills. Right. What the Master can do is sit in stillness and allow God or the universe to work on our behalf. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's battles being waged in the spiritual realm and the worldly realm. And I'd like to think that a master can just sit in stillness and allow things to manifest around them that allow their intentions to be fulfilled on the world yeah. in a more powerful way than they could ever hope to achieve if they only used their limited worldly understanding. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. Because mm. it's always going to be limited. It's limited, yeah. Our body, our mind, no matter how well developed, is always limited mm-hmm. through the human condition. Right. We tap into that greater source of power, and that's when we can do all things. I love that. I, I completely
1: agree. And I think that um when I talk about developing whole mind, mm-hmm. right? And so the five minds, yeah, the physical Physical transcends to physiological, which gives us a little bit more control. Yeah. And then that gives us a little bit of control over our brain because the brain's an organ. Now that gets us into the mental development realm. So right. mental development, most people think is about developing your rational mind. Mm-hmm. Decision-making, thinking, judging. And so that's part of it, but that's not the whole of it. Right. <laughs> right. And so the whole of it is to be able to tame that, to control that, to focus it, and to be able to turn it on and off like a switch. Mm-hmm. And when we turn it off, then we're able to get into the rest of our mind, mm-hmm. which is gonna be our perceiving mind, and, and the conduit to what you're talking about. Yeah. And so in that sense, the warrior must develop his mind so that he can get out of his own way, Exactly. and sit and receive, mm-hmm. and to reflect, and to visualize, mm-hmm. and to commune, Yes. and to create. Mm-hmm. So like you said, the, the win or the outcome is created in the whole mind. Right. And I think that's an important distinction. It's not created in the rational mind. Mm. It can be thought about in the rational mind, but that will always be limited. Exactly. It's created in the whole mind through, through feeling, through intention, right. through a connection with spirit. Yeah. And then often it requires action, mm-hmm. but often
0: it does not. And when it exactly. requires action, it requires the right action. The right action, right. And that's something that I think is so often misunderstood in the creative process. Is people are spending countless hours, and there's very little return on their investment. Sure, They're busy, 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 busy. And we see this in the martial way. Is the karate way is one strike, right. yeah. <laughs> and that's all that was needed. Right. one strike, one intention, one action. And that one strike, that one action, can create a symbolic effect mm-hmm. through our entire life. It can create a rippling effect when that one input is correct. Right. Less yeah. is more. Less is more. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Right. These are all themes that are known, yet knowing and practicing. abiding by and practicing yeah, are not different. the same thing. I agree. You know, something else that's come up for me numerous times on the creative path is there's a difference between focusing on what we desire and then how we're going to achieve it. Mm -hmm. So in my practice, I focus and I visualize what I want, what I intend to create or co-create, Yet, I don't really concern myself all that much with how it's going to happen. Yeah, you let because that unfold a little bit. Exactly. I let, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I let that, that unfold according to God's plan. <clears throat> mm-hmm. If I focus on how it's going to be done, I set it into a rigid framework. Right. Well, that's limiting yeah. what could happen along the path of creation.
1: Yeah. I think I drive my staff a little <laughs> bit nuts. You know, because once you have a, a structure, uh-huh. and its structure starts to take. What I mean by an infrastructure is an organization. Right. It starts to get a little bit more rigid and there's planning and processes and and you know, and so and I'm very I'm really fluid like you are Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur and creator and and I'm very willing to try something out with an eighty percent solution, throw it out. Exactly. And, And knowing that it's not gonna work the way I thought. Yes. But something's gonna survive.
0: Something will come from it.
1: And then we'll move again and then we'll move exactly. again. Cause that's how the seal moves from target to target to target, failing their way forward exactly. to victory. And it looks like a soup sandwich along the way. Right. And everyone could say, look at the, and when I used to hear people say, those seals, you know, they're all fucked up, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And we would fuck up all the way till we won. <coughs> yeah. And everyone would be like, how did you do it? We're like, yeah. cause we're such fuck ups along the way. <laughs> and we're, you know, we're yeah. smiling and saying, that's awesome. Yeah. Now I know how not to do it. Exactly." You know what I mean? Beautiful. I love it. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, And so but it can be it can be maddening for right. a team or an organization that isn't in sync with that. Right. So that's like one of my challenges now is to take Unbealed Mind to that level where I can we can teach, you know, a culture and, and even have a flexible system mm-hmm. that is able to adapt really quickly and really rapidly and right. doesn't expect perfection every step of the way. Right. And it's, uh, it's easier to, to do some, start something like that from scratch than it is to change an organization. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's interesting. Let's talk about freedom. This is something yeah. that we were having a brief conversation about earlier based upon an interview that I had this morning. And, and the guy asked me what motivated me. Mm-hmm. And that's what just came up mm-hmm. right off the bat. I said, freedom motivates me. Mm. And um, for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. right? Freedom to move, freedom to think, you know, I love this country because yeah. we, we have the ability to f- think what we want and to mm-hmm. believe what we want and, and for the most part say what we want. Yeah. Know, we might get judged for it, but we have the freedom to do that. Yeah, I have the freedom to make as much money as I want, uh-huh. right? I have freedom to go out and serve people and right. give my money away if I want to. Mm-hmm. I have the freedom to move across state borders and for most, you know, international borders. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like our spirits are driven toward
0: freedom. Mm-hmm.
1: What are your thoughts on this? I completely
0: agree. You know, I think that the first step along that path to freedom is understanding where most of our freedom resides yeah. or our bondage,
1: yeah.
0: and that is with our thinking. That's right. And as we can elevate the quality of our thinking and expand our thinking, the quality of our life will complement that. That's right. So, so often we hold ourselves in bondage, the goal of the practice is to break free from those chains, to elevate the quality of our thinking, to believe unconditionally in ourselves and the ability of others, to allow ourselves the freedom to think in new ways. To identify our life up to this moment, understand that, well, my life up to this exact moment is simply a reflection of the way I've been thinking up to this moment. Unless I'm satisfied with my life in this moment, I need to change my thinking. Because that's the only way I can expect my life to change, is my thinking, which is going to require freedom of new thought. That's the starting point. That's the
1: starting point. Right, because you you could have a billion dollars and be mm-hmm. a slave to really flawed yeah. thinking, and there's a lot of billionaires who are really unhappy, yeah. really unhealthy, and they're stuck in these you know, these stories of, yeah, exactly. of bondage. these cycles, these, yeah. these
0: habits, these conditioned ways right. of thinking, these grooves.
1: Uh, you know what's coming up to me is, and I just bought the book again because I'd lost my copy, I think I gave away, but man, Search for me. A perfect example. example. Yeah. I'm going to read it again because Bob Schultz yes. said, hey, he's yeah. reading it again. I'm like, I'm, I reminded me. Yeah. There's an example of someone you know who wasn't free physically mm-hmm. because he was in a concentration camp. Yep, but he was free yeah. mentally, emotionally, and spiritually because he had control over his thinking. Exactly, and he realized that no one could take that away yeah. from him. Right, he, he was identif- free to to think the way he needed exactly. to think, and the way he chose to think was to help other people see exactly. that yeah. and appreciate that. Yeah, that book it's is
0: really brilliant in needs to be read by all the U.M. Everybody. listeners, it's got to be read. And what, what he says is that the Nazi captors could take away everything except his last human freedom, right? which was his choice to think right. about the conditions of his life. That's our last and first human freedom. Right. So we've got to cultivate that freedom and use it to our advantage. Right. We have a, a right to free thinking. Yeah. And the only person that can... Either keep us in bondage or free us is ourselves. Is us. <laughs> it's so amazing.
1: <laughs> that is amazing. You know? I love that. Yeah. So our daily work, mm-hmm. the work, when I say people must do the work, yes. right? The daily work is to move toward freedom mm-hmm. so that we can continue to master ourselves, mm-hmm. so that we can serve boldly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And underlying or part of the parcel of that is to to clarify what it is we're meant for exactly our purpose why we are here
0: Yeah, it's What's so important. It's so important
1: And so there's a lot there, but you know to break it down to that yeah. kiss principle Yeah, show up every day and do the work mm-hmm. and the right. with your purpose and one thing And so it comes back down to waking up and doing the work mm-hmm. To cultivate your whole yeah. mind the daily practice physical mental, emotional spiritual mm-hmm. And then that leads you further and further down the path until all these other things. When you're ready for it, you know, the features will appear, the concepts will be there for you. Mm they will open up to you. That's really cool. Yeah. So you've, um, you know, what I love about like our lives, there's a lot of parallels. Like I, you know, I'm writing a next version of Unbeatable Mind Mm -hmm. and originally it was just going to be a rewrite, but. As I've gotten into it, I'm realizing that there's so much new information and new distinctions I have that yeah. I'm telling... Uh, the, the principles really haven't changed, but they're going to be told in a whole new way, and I'm going right. to write it more for, you know, for leaders and people you know, who are out there you know, showing up in a big way. Mm-hmm. And it is a reflection of my stage of development as a human. Mm-hmm. And in five years, there'll be another version. Exactly. And then another version. Yeah. And so you've got a new version yeah. Of your thinking, yes, coming out in book form, <laughs> yes, yeah, and I love yeah. the title because you were the original fire breather, mm-hmm. and so you called it Fire Breather Fitness. This so is awesome, and you've got it broken into body, mind, and spirit. Yeah, an integrated training program. So tell us about the plan. The book. Yeah,
0: so you know what I what I tried to do in the book was share the practices that I've learned from the great mentors in my life, from you from my dad, from my mom, from Coach Glassman, to distill these lessons into uh, integrated practice nice. that can be followed on a daily basis. Right. Okay. Because just like you said, it's about the daily work, the daily, the daily work, practice. Yeah. Everything counts. Just like in CrossFit, we say every rep counts. Right. And the integrated practice, every repetition counts. Every rep counts. So Dan Brule would say, every breath counts. (laughs) Right. You know, a a, a master would say, every strike counts, Mm -hmm. every squat counts, every moment of meditation counts. Every word counts. Every word counts, every thought counts. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do as as warriors, as fire breathers, is to understand that everything in our life that's a variable, we should have an influence on. Mm -hmm. Then we move a step further back, and we realize, well, these variables exist in these three domains—mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. Then we pull the back a little bit further, and within the Bind, the body, and the spirit, there are these disciplines and these practices we can do. Right. And this book allows the reader to start from ground zero and work towards this self-mastery that right. we're all desirous of. Mm-hmm great yeah so
1: let's take one practice like a beginner's practice from each of the domains you got it it's awesome the
0: body yeah i think well what i would recommend is actually starting with the mind starting with the mind section because that creates a rippling effect Mm. through the body right so we start with the mind and this is something that you and i both teach as the morning ritual Mm -hmm. something that has worked for me and worked for thousands of people that i coach and teach is this practice of first words right it's just a matter We talked about that at the retreat exactly you know it's just a matter of being mindful of what's the first thing we say every Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. because if i can become aware of my first word that creates a rippling effect and as i go through my day chances are if i had an influence and awareness of my first word I'll have awareness and influence over every subsequent word that I speak. Mm-hmm. What precedes the spoken word? Thought. Right. <laughs> so if I'm being mindful of my speech, I'm by design being mindful of my thinking. Right. So it's as simple as- I love that. So first
1: thought and this is some, exactly what I teach. Your first thought yeah. should be one of gratitude. Exactly. And
0: positive yep. and powerful. Exactly.
1: And you know, not picking up your iPhone and
0: checking your email. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So nice. it's self-fulfilling. It's with positive expectancy. Right. As I teach in yoga, it's spoken or thought with light and love. Yeah. That becomes our first action, first of, action the of the day, right. of the day, and then that would lead us to a movement practice. Right. Morning movement is for me yoga, and yeah. I definitely recommend a nice, gentle yoga asana session in the morning. Yeah. What this practice of first words teaches, though, can transcend the movement practice. Mm-hmm. So as I go into CrossFit, because I've already disciplined myself to be aware of my thinking and my spoken word, I look at a repetition scheme of 21-15-9 and really all that breaks down into is 21 singles. Right. So I have 21 opportunities in a set of 21 thrusters to do 21 mindful repetitions. Right. So quality of movement, this idea of virtuosity then radiates through my thinking, through my speech and through my movement. Right. So my daily practice is about doing the common uncommonly well, right? Both thinking, speaking and acting. Right. Which is integrity. Yeah. Right. When you're aware
1: of those three, when they're in alignment, mm-hmm. And when you're seeking virtuosity in thought, <laughs> word, and deed, yeah. that's, true, that's true
0: integrity, exactly. or authentic
1: integrity. Exactly. You
0: know, there, I, I shared the story of Guchin Frunzowski right. at the U.M. retreat. There's another great story that I meant to share. Same situation, he's in his dojo, and he sees this white belt in the corner. And for, for new listeners, Guchin is the, the father of karate. Right. He sees this white belt who's just standing around idle. So he goes over to the white belt because the other students are practicing kata. Is this the founder of Shotokan? Exactly, yeah. oh, exactly. Yeah. He goes over and he says, why aren't you practicing? And the white belt says, I've pretty much got this kata down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the next great. one. And Guchin says, oh really? Okay, well, I'm going to go over here and practice some of my own. And he goes over to and practice practices his the basic kata, white yeah. belt kata. And so it's this idea of always coming back Right, to, to the, the basics. basics, because right. the basics—that's the kiss right. principle. Right. So you know right. we understand the basics in the nature of physicality. Then what are the basics in in the, the spiritual and the mental realm? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know something that you teach is I got this. Hoo ya! Mm-hmm. Right. Looking good, feeling good ought to be in Hollywood. I mean. That's basic. basic
1: That's not really an
0: eloquent mantra, but what it does is it reinforces Mm -hmm. our intention. It creates a blueprint in our mind, and so that all of a sudden, that becomes the background music Mm -hmm. in our mind. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, our natural way of speaking is with kindness, love. Mm -hmm. That becomes natural. No different than someone who learns the principle of deadlift and understands why the deadlift works, Mm They'll never pick up an object, again, the same way. Right. Any object they pick up will be with the mechanics of the deadlift, mm-hmm. once they understand and practice the deadlift. Right. Well, it's the same thing with our thinking and our speaking. If we mm-hmm. practice long enough, that becomes the way that we exist and the way that we operate in the world, right.
1: by practice. By practice, I love that. <laughs> and so what about spiritual practice? Yeah. Any ideas there?
0: Meditation. Mm, nice. I think that's where meditation, stillness, and silence are mm-hmm. so important. And something that you and I have co taught together is, is the physical practice is about working out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Value in that. We both see that. Working in. Mm-hmm. I think what we both said at the UM retreat is that might be the, the, the 20x factor. That's right. Because the more work in that we do, that's the self mastery. Right. So the self mastery might not be my CrossFit workout. No, no, no. That might right. actually be service. That's performance or performance. Right? that's performance, right. right? Yeah. Um but but the ability to sit in stillness,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the ability to meditate, the ability to to contemplate, the ability to reflect, the ability to pray, to commune, mm-hmm. that is the practice. That is working in. yeah. and the and here I would submit
1: that the basic training is what most people think is meditation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. sitting in silence, mm-hmm. mindfulness, you know, even visualization, yes. you know, which is a concentration practice. Yes. But when we get to the mastery level, mm-hmm. we carry that with us wherever we are. Exactly. And so, whether you're moving in a CrossFit workout mm-hmm. or in a conversation, you're maintaining that yes. state of mindful awareness, mm-hmm. and or shifting into concentration as you listen authentically, mm-hmm. and and so that becomes at a, at a more advanced level. The yes. skill is. To be uh, silent in action, yes, but it doesn't mean that masters don't go back and sit right to do the basic training exactly right? yeah because you know just like the Navy seal would always come back to you know start their their firearms training with a 25 yard static mm-hmm. shoot mm-hmm. right that was the basic training mm-hmm. and then we would go you know crawl walk, run from there exactly but you can't you got you can't leave the basics behind because they're parachute yeah.
0: skills yeah it's but, so nice you know there's In mastery, there's stillness in action. Mm -hmm. There's silence in action. So even in speech, there's the awareness of silence. Even in action, there's the awareness of stillness. There's this awareness that everything arises and dissolves from that source. That's right. We can carry that source with us. And that's kind of the concept, uh, the
1: Eastern concept of yin and yang, Mm -hmm. the masculine and feminine, action and stillness. It's not a static thing. It's not like oh, I'm going to go over here into the action world. I mean, there is you know one interpretation of that. Mm-hmm. I prep to win in my mind, then I go right. to the battlefield and I perform. Mm-hmm. But while you know the finer distinction is, while I'm prepping in my mind, there's action. Yes. The visualization, anything but but the most advanced stage of meditation where you drop into the void and you're, mm-hmm. you're like communing with God. Yes. There's ac- and you could even say that that's action. Right. In stillness mm-hmm. but then when we go out like you I'm just basically restating what you said in mm-hmm. other words when you go out to the battlefield mm-hmm. the, the warrior who's mastered himself will find stillness yes. so they can they can be the you know the world-centric warrior who's curating the thought process in real time mm-hmm. and directing his mind and emotions and spirit at the right action exactly so that the results are <laughs> refined and correct it's exactly. like your statement about right action mm-hmm. And that way, you know, we don't, you know, we, we, we stop being thugs in the world. Mm-hmm. We stop moving with a heavy f- foot, yeah. you know, and we tread much more lightly on yeah. the environment and we make decisions that are for the good of all humanity. Yeah. That's what the world-centric warrior is all about. Exactly. You know, I think that's, I think your book will help us get there and I support it big time. I can't wait to read it. Thank yeah. you for my, my copy. Thank you for writing We're, the forward. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I wrote the forward. I can't wait to, to read it. So. It's a beautiful book, man. It's just a really well Velo done.
0: Press did Velo an amazing job. I'm so grateful to work yeah. with such an amazing publisher. They really, really did a beautiful I see job. see you've got
1: a fuel plan in here. you got some workout plans. This is going to be terrific. you got some yoga. Yes. Inspired by Kokoro Yoga. Exactly. That is Kokoro <laughs> Yoga. That's awesome. Well, I look forward
0: to reading it. And so when is this due out? That is out January 5th. So pre-orders are available now Come and it quick. ships on January 5th. January. So
1: you can order it on Amazon right now? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome, Greg. Thank you, brother. All right, everyone. So what, uh, we have to do this more often. I can't believe yeah. this took us so long. <laughs> it's just terrific. Greg Amundsen, fire breather, warrior athlete, warrior leader, warrior statesman, <laughs> emerging warrior monk. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you, brother. Man. Love yeah, you. You're awesome. awesome. Thank and you. Thank you so much for coming down. Yeah.
1: Check out Fire Breather Fitness, Amazon. And since Greg's so busy teaching, training, transforming people, don't look for him on Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna find him. That's what yeah. I tell him. The only reason that I have those things is because I have a team who does that for me. Right. People are like, I saw your tweet. I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm assuming that that's, it's, go to Amazon. Exactly, go to Amazon. Read the book. Yeah. And then uh, maybe Greg will have some training on it someday. But we're going to be busy training with Kokoro Yoga. Exactly. Year, we right? got, some work, we got some work ahead of us. we got some work Awesome. All right, everyone. Thanks for your time today. Stay focused. Do the work. Mm. Do the work every day. That's the most important part. And um, stay true to your ethos and uh, have fun.
0: Yeah. God bless you. Thank you all for being here.
1: Yeah. Thank, thanks for joining us. who yeah. who
0: yeah.
1: Out here. it yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. low, like, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back. The pride of the fleets. The bright swinging frogman of the UDT. Oh, oh, oh.